in terms of starstruck, I, I wouldn't say, uh, well, I would say Tiger this morning. He walked onto the range and I caught, sort of caught myself because I was on the putting green, heard some commotion going on, turned around and sort of was like, oh, is that Tiger? And I was like, well, fucking play it cool, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so when he walked past me, I just didn't, I didn't look at him. I just was, was doing what I was doing. But I can tell you, I was not thinking about the putt I was hitting. I was just thinking the Tiger was just behind me. <laughs> Nobody here is getting tired Episode 2 of The Fire Drill And cool that we're actually making this a thing Because from time to time we've jumped on And you've actually jumped on uh, What we call a fire drill Which is around major championships Here we are, Augusta National Augusta, Georgia, home of Augusta National. Laird Shepard, British amateur champion of 2021, uh, is here. Jeff Ogilvie, U.S. Open winner, obviously, 2006, is here. Shipnuck, you're here. Step down from those guys. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were fading fast. Yeah, quickly. Uh, but it's it's great to have you here, and here we are around a table, which is, which is so much better than a Zoom call, obviously. Laird, first impressions? First impressions of the golf course or just the place? I mean, the masters in general, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I never really got this far in like my dreams, I suppose. So I had no expectations uh, of ever being here. So to be here, uh, to experience it all. Yesterday was the first full day with fans there. And uh, yeah, it's feeling pretty tight. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there, um, but it's, yeah, it's, unbelievable um obviously having the big cat around as well there's a lot more people feeling like excited about it so um yeah it's surreal definitely surreal um amateur dinner last night i thought there only gonna be six of us there was about 120 members there um you know you meet condoleezza rice talking about russia um yeah just bizarre you know everything that goes with it uh, the week is is uh, there's a lot to take in, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it w- will be. Are you so, trying to tell me that you never dreamt of of winning the Masters? No, I never really, I never dreamt of playing it, because I never really just ever thought it was going to happen. To be honest. Wow. Um, so, in that sense, it is pretty surreal to be here because it's not like I've been dreaming of driving down Magnolia Lane because, you know, that seemed to be a few steps ahead of. You know where I was at the time, so uh, yeah, in some ways I feel like I've almost skipped um, some of the sort of um, step-by-step processes of how people usually get to the Masters. So um, in that sense, it's sort of freeing to know I've just got a free run on it, really. So yeah, I mean that's that's a, a subtext for a lot of players when they come here. They're overwhelmed by the experience and they wear themselves out for the tournament even begins and. Uh, they're, they're just in awe of the place. Do you feel like you're maybe more equipped to, to compete out there than some of these people who have been dreaming about it since they were little boys? Maybe. I mean, um, you know, as an amateur, there's, there's not really a whole lot of expected of you uh, from an outside perspective, you know. Um, uh, fa- thankfully, this isn't my first major as well. I got to play uh, in the Open last year. I think that was will be really useful 
um, in terms of you know conserving energy levels and just generally playing in front of bigger crowds. Um, you know, but even even so, that was in that was in July. You kind of um, you know that that effect wears off after a while, and definitely felt more uncomfortable yesterday than I had done in a while. But again, turn up this morning, feel better. I'll feel better tomorrow. And then by the time you get to Friday or Saturday, you won't even notice there's anyone there. So um, really excited to have that adrenaline of, of having a big crowd and, and, and everything that comes with playing the Masters. So um, I feel like I, I do better in that situation. Uh, and maybe some people don't quite live up to or, or play as well as they can do because of that. So, I mean, I, I try to use that as an advantage um, but you know there is definitely an unknown if you don't know how you're going to react on, on that first first day on Thursday you've just got to trust in in your preparation and sort of believe in yourself really so Jeff does does listening to this does this bring back memories of your first time playing the Masters or oh yeah first time I mean I was different I'd been dreaming about it since day one probably <laughs> I mean <laughs> We grew up, it comes on really early in the morning in Australia, like sort of five o'clock till sort of eight or nine, the coverage. And Norman was always a chance, right, through the 80s. That's when I was growing up. And we turn on every year, is this going to be Greg's year? Is this going to be Greg's year? Is this going to be Greg's year? So it was just kind of an obsession for Australians in the 80s, especially, and the early 90s. So I dreamed about it. I dreamt about it forever. Um, and I'd been playing well, and I'd just missed out on the top 50 thing for a couple of years there, early 2000s, and finally got in. Somehow, I can't remember how I got in for the first time. I don't know, but I knew I was in the whole year and it was one of those things. And like, so we get the invite in the mail in January, which is pretty exciting. And I set it up with Scotty because he'd been going there for a couple of years before me. Like we went and had a practice round, I think two weeks before and came and got the whole, which I think is really important because it gets that whole, wow, Disneyland, I'm here, nervousness. You're not a fan. You're a, the first time you come to the Masters, you're a fan when you play. You know, you're a Masters fan and you just want to soak it all up and actually just visit the Masters. So to, to come to the course early before everyone was here, you kind of get that fanboy thing out of the way a little bit, you know, if that makes sense. And so when I came back two weeks later, yeah, I was uh, sort of prepared for what I was going to get. And I was playing really well at that point and thinking I was sort of a chance a little bit because I'd finished top, I think like fifth at St Andrews and sixth at Baltus Roll, I think, the one, Phil one, was it Baltus Roll? Exactly. 2005 or something. Yeah. So I'd been playing pretty well, um, so I kind of felt a bit of a chance. So I was a bit of a veteran rookie, if you like, but I was still crazy, like frothing on the whole thing, and mum and dad were over, and the merchandise thing, and the merchandise tent, and the, all the souvenirs, and just the way, like Washington and like the town, it's just, an, uh, you cannot describe this tournament or this week to somebody who hasn't been here, like inside or outside the golf course, you know? Um, so that's pretty exciting. It was really super exciting. And I played really well, actually. So I definitely think you can play well first time. Um, yeah, it's an unbelievable experience. It's the first time you come here, It's you just can't believe that you're here almost, you know, because of the way it's, sold and we only get well we used to only get four hours a year right you'd get the back nine on saturday and sunday basically now we get a whole lot more coverage and it's sort of wall to wall during the week and then it sort of disappears but it's so 
it's this uh, it's Disneyland for a golfer. You're never going to get there. Like it's just this fantasy thing. It's almost like a movie set somewhere that they make this Truman Show golf course, that, <laughs> this tournament. This is so different from everything else. But when you finally get here and you see that it's all real and it's it exceeds your expectations and all the people who just float around the clubhouse all week and under the tree and just the way the week works is so unique and so different and such an enjoyable experience that um, my motivation, I think, went up every year on Sunday when I was leaving saying, I am back here next year and I'm going to win this. So I was more motivated when I left the Masters than when I got to the Masters every single time because it's such a special week and it's just sad that it's over and you just can't wait for it to come back. What would you tell Laird? I the course evolves a lot throughout the week and everyone says it's a totally different golf course on Thursday morning than even it was the day before. Here we are. It's, uh, we're getting some rain on, on Tuesday afternoon, but what, what veteran advice do you have for a rookie to what to expect when you actually, you have a scorecard in your pocket? Yeah. Like it's the course definitely gets faster on Thursday morning. Um, I mean, weather dependent, but they're very good at this course. They've got this thing wired to like they, every blade of grass. They've got where they want it. And, um, they'll have pins decided what they're probably going to do but they can move them around they've got sort of fallback plans for different weather and how the scoring's going and they just seem to be able to manage this tournament so well that it ends up finishing at sunset on Sunday somehow right at, at the right score like it, they've just got it worked out so I mean I I, I think what I would notice whenever I would go out there you hit a lot of chip shots you're playing from all these spots um, you're hitting all these parts as soon as you get out in the tournament on Thursday it's just how do I get it under the hole you start forget about all these little fancy pitch shots and stuff you've been hitting you start putting it from off the green <laughs> um, you play sort of I don't know smart damage control golf a little bit you know I mean the first hole might be the hardest green on the course the first green you just the first hole in the Masters on Thursday is a tough hole you know don't want to hit it over the back you don't need it left of the green but you've worked that out already I'm sure on that hole you know <laughs> you want to hit the middle of the green have a nice easy two part the first hopefully make a birdie or something on two and then just sort of try to just sneak your way in and just get used to the course as you go because it'll definitely be different on Thursday than you expect now absolutely um, but you'll get to it's it makes you nervous and it makes you scared this course but the only way to play it well is to not be scared you know which is the ultimate test which is why it finds the best players right because it's it asks you to be brave and put brave swings on it on shots that are so cavalier and so ridiculous on a normal week like the second shot in 15 you wouldn't play that shot at any other tournament you wouldn't go for that green well you would with a 7 iron but not with a 3 iron because it's like ridiculous it's like trying to hit it under this table with a 3 iron with water short and long but because you have to go for it you have to go for it so you're hitting a shot you don't want to hit but the only way to hit it well is to buy into it you know and not be nervous about it and free swing that's why guys like Phil and Bubba and Tiger and these guys who play that way Dustin's a perfect master's headspace you would have thought because you just have to throw caution to the wind and just go you know this course makes you nervous it makes you play conservative and hit to the front of the greens and play safe but you'll make 16 pars and two bogeys doing that you know every single time like you won't shoot any bad scores but you'll never shoot a good score until you actually challenge you have to take on stuff you know and that's the challenge because you get nervous and it's the masters and there's a lot of trouble out there so you've got to take on these challenges knowing that you know what if it doesn't come off it doesn't come off but the only way to win this is to take this stuff on 
That's genius like that, this course. Laird, you came here a couple of weeks ago. You had a couple of practice rounds. Did that take a little bit away from the awe factor of showing up again this week? Was that obviously time well spent? Yeah, I definitely agree with what Jeff said there. Um, I came in January, late January, so um, it definitely got that out of the way. You know, I, my first time on the range didn't take a divot. The whole, mm. the whole, you know, just was like all over the place mentally. <laughs> More nervous than I probably was, you know, at any other point, really, bar maybe a few times, you know, and there's nothing on the line. Um, so it's weird that it does, it does that to you because, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a, a super fan of the Masters, um, but, you know, just the place has a sort of aura about it, I suppose. So, it was good to be there, get comfortable with where you're going, uh, you know, with the no phones rule and everything like that, getting around and communicating with people sometimes gets difficult. So I think that was, it was good to get all that out of the way uh, so that when you do come on Masters Week, you, you're you just there to focus on, you know, adapting to what the conditions are like there. You know, you've been there, you know what shots you're, you're gonna face, you've been practicing them, so, you know, it's all about taking all those variables, I suppose, out of the equation. Uh, so when you get on the golf course, you're faced with a certain golf shot, you know exactly what you're doing. You're not making that decision really there. Uh, it's already been made, made, you know, weeks in advance, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a, a thing that, that helped me. Um, so, you know, because if you're turning up for the first time on Masters Week, there's, that's just an extra layer of, you know, not pressure, but just sort of mental baggage, I suppose, to deal with. So, yeah. How, how do you feel your game translates to this golf course? Um, you know, if you'd asked me that question last year, probably not very well. Um, but knowing that I was going to play more in the States this year, um, I've tried to make some some changes, you know, or, or tweaks, I suppose. Uh, being able to shape it right to left of the tee, in my opinion, here is pretty key. Like, otherwise, you've got awkward tee shots every single hole, basically. Um, so we've worked on on moving it right to left. Worked on hitting it a bit higher, changed to a bit of a softer golf ball, um, and all those things seems to have, have helped a lot. So. Now I don't have to stand there trying to hit it high, trying to stop it quickly. I can do that pretty normally. I think, you know, the worst thing about when I used to go and play firmer golf courses that weren't link style where you couldn't run it in is that I'd be just there constantly trying to manipulate shots to try and make them work. Uh, and this week I don't feel like I have to. I've, I've got I've got right to left off the tees. So I don't need to try and do that. Um, I've got high into the greens, I don't need to try and do that. So um, I think I've definitely my game has trended into a place where it is much more suited to the challenge that we think we'll get this week. Um, for me, on the greens, it's just going to be the thing because uh, we haven't really, you know, back home in the UK, you just don't get surfaces at whatever they are, you know, 14, let's say, um, and especially you don't get the slopes. Um, so that's going to be. The main thing that's that's going to be tested really, but um, it's a good place to be in, you know. Even if even if you you fail, uh, you're going to learn so much from it. Um, so and that's that's kind of like the comforting 
thought for me at the moment is that you know I was speaking about this with my coach today on the practice area like it's never really going to get bigger than this and I never really thought about that you know in terms of you're not going to play a tournament bigger than the Masters so let's just go and see how we stack up and then you know we'll know what we need to do after that so that's quite a good way of looking at it yeah absolutely I think all courses oh I mean all golf in general but this course especially you learn from your mistakes like as people could tell you all day that don't hit it over there and don't hit the ball left on two off the tee or all the little bits that you've probably picked up everyone said don't do this don't do this don't do this don't do this. you're going to do some of them and you only do it once you know you only hit it left one on two once the rest of your life if you miss it there you miss it in the right trees because you can play from there but you cannot play from left you know and you kind of have to do that a little bit and that's what your first few years are all about I think is learning the the spots I mean you can miss the call you can miss the ball all over the place in Augusta and still play it but there's just certain spots that you can't miss it you know and there sometimes you just have to hit it there to know you know it's just you have to get burnt and make triple on the first one day or you have to spin one off the slope twice on 15 with the layup that everyone's done once or twice you know to work that wedge out and, um, and that's golf in general in it like I think sometimes we get so tight especially the way the world is and all the preparation and you're you doing interviews and all this stuff before every week it's such a big deal everyone's so scared to make a mistake that they never actually like play how they can play you know so I absolutely think expect mistakes because you're going to make them <laughs> everyone's going to make them and that's where you, that's absolutely where all the gold is I mean the reason Freddie and Scotty and Langer and all these guys in the field who have played here so many times know all the know this course so well is because they've messed it up so many times you know <laughs> they've messed up these holes they know they don't they only do it once or twice and they're never going to do that again and so then it's just in your makeup you know so if you win the Masters in five, ten years' time, that victory comes from this week and on, you know. You're learning those bits now, you know. Tiger didn't win his first two or three times, you know. Um, that's, that's it, as I said, that the genius of this course is it forces you to be conservative, but the, really the only way you learn and really the only way you play it well is to learn how to be intelligently aggressive out here you know and so you're gonna you're gonna have to expect mistakes because you're gonna make them just hopefully they're not they're bogeys and not the other ones you know you love this golf course right? mm. i mean this is this is this is your this is like church to you right i mean between royal melbourne augusta national cypress point I old course old course do you love this course, Laird? When you play Augusta National, is do you are you falling in love with this place? Um, I've never been a big golf course guy, uh, but I remember a few conversations I've had with people after having played it in January. Really, sort of sat there thinking about it and being like, "This place is designed really well." Um, <laughs> like 12 for example is, is the perfect the perfect example because it's a 9-9 or an 8-9 or a wedge but you know the degree of whatever the degree is the, the green is angled from the tee is perfect because for a right hander if you miss one right it's going to come up short if you miss one left it's going long so so then you stood there going well so should I fade it and take the risk that if I just push it out there too much it's wet or do I draw one and if I pull it it's long and you know bunkers or whatever's behind the green um, so it just asks you the question 
there. Um, as well as the whole aura around that hole, you know, you get on that tee and there is definitely a different feeling than six, for example, you know. There's obviously no, no trouble to really hit it into on six, but, um, and even 16 as well. It's asking you to hit this little draw in there to feed it back to the left pins. Um, but, you know, if you overdo it, then you're in trouble. Um, and, and, you know, 13 as well. You know, it's just so well designed. You look at the scorecard, and, and I definitely uh, hope I don't pay for this this week, but I've thought, how's this guy not birdie 13? You know, it's 500 yards. <laughs> You get up there, you're like, right, okay, I understand why he hasn't been every day. You know, it's that, it's such an awkward, the lies. I mean, that is a big thing as well. Just the, the piece of land they've got. I know they've obviously manufactured it in some places, but uh, they've just done such a good job of, of asking the right questions. And I mean, I was just saying this earlier, it's, it tests every single part of your game. And um, not many golf courses really do that. Um, so, you know, that's what a good golf course and good, good design is, and that, that hits the spot. So, yeah. Jeff, I'm proud of you for not running out of the room when he said he's not a golf course guy because we could have lost you there. <laughs> but maybe there's something to that, right? Like you spend so much time thinking about these golf courses and and analyzing them and obsessing over them. Do you kind of wish you had that clarity where you could just play golf and not overthink a place like Augusta National? Oh, I think it's good and bad. I mean, I think uh, Augusta takes some brain power if you want to like scratch the surface a little bit. Like it's the nuance and the depth of the test is not, I mean, 13 is like almost the perfect golf hole, you know, um, for stuff because of the ball above your feet, but it's a fade shot and the better your tee shot, the, the less the ball's above your feet and the, the, the less risk you take off the tee, the worse the ball's above you. I mean, there's so many clever things about this course. I think it was to my detriment on what I what I thought were poor courses, like vanilla, boring, no strategy, no interest. Just drive it as far as you can and hold lots of putts, and you'll do well. That doesn't. It's not why I play golf. You know, I think there's more to golf than that. Um, so I think it's a disadvantage sometimes, but an advantage when you come to a place like this or the old course or Royal Melbourne, where you've got a. If you have a deep understanding, I think of architecture and strategy and the old great old courses. I think you have a better mind for accepting the way the right way to play that or something i mean i think tour these days is you just hit it as far as you can between the rough and then you just find out where the pin is and find out what club and you just hit straight at it here it's like well you can do that if you want <laughs> but there's a better way you know the line of charm is not necessarily straight at the hole and there's, there's a way around this where you can you'll you'll never make double bogeys you'll you'll always have more chance to make birdies from these areas of the fairway you can miss the second as long as you always miss to the right of the pin on the second and stuff like that you can get up and down if you're at the left of it you never get up and down little things i think if you've got that understanding of architecture and how why the old course works how it does and all the great courses i think you can see a few more of those things a little bit easier but as a general rule, I would have said it was to, to my detriment around average golf courses, for sure. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Well, as you said, Laird's probably already been bombarded with advice on how to do that and do this and do that. But do you have any little nuggets you've squirreled away that uh, may be less obvious that you could impart uh, to a rookie? No, I think really like kind of what I was saying before. So you've got, to, you've got to find a way to swing it with no fear. These are shots that you never... You just do not have a shot in professional golf like the second shot on 10, for example. 
ball above your feet, extreme downslope to a target that's like, seriously, you're going to get me to hit a five iron off a downslope to that? Like, um, these are swing, these are scary swings. I mean, we don't have, we don't make swings like this ever, really, with the consequence if, of a miss. You know, the, the, the miss here is so punished if you miss it in the wrong spot. You're not just making bogey if you miss it left on 10, you're making double. Like, have fun with that. And you've got a shot that everything suggests you're going to hit it low right or long left. Like, how do you do that? So you've, the only way you can hit a good shot is to be free and to sort of be cavalier a little bit, like a bit like DJ, where it'll go wherever it goes. And that's the only way you actually can hit a good shot. So the, the, look, you'll find all the infinite little bits of strategy and stuff and the good spots to hit on the holes and the bad spots to hit on the holes. And like I said, you want to be right of the pin on two usually. And like, you want to go for the third green most of the time, but then there's certain pins you want to lay it up on top of the hill and you, you learn all that stuff along the way. That's just golf and that's your caddy and watching everyone else play, you learn that. But as I said, if you've got to find a way to be able to put brave swings on it, you know what I mean? I mean that, that nervous, this water on the right, this whatever it is, the, the, the 17 saw grass makes you put a nervous swing on it, right? There's swings out here all day like that where the only way to hit a good shot is to be free and loose but everything, every part of your instincts is telling you not to be, you know? So you've got to fight that and find a way to just be free and loose. And if you play well, you play well. I mean, look at the guys who win here. Tiger, Phil, Bubba. These guys, they play loose, you know? They, they just attack the course. And if it's there from that week, they win. If it's not, well, I'll win next year. You know, that's really, you can't hang on to this like you can hang on a US Open or Open Championship and just grind it out. It's not it's not about that it's about you have to keep going you have to keep as I said like 12 12 is the bravest swing we're ever asked to put on it like it's a tough it's it's an easy shot so that's an easier shot than six mm. but the consequence for miss is so massive you've got to go hit it over the water again you know no that's the hardest wedge shot the hardest wedge shot at Augusta is that drop on 12 you know <laughs> like by a long way and you know that before you hit your tee shot so it's it's a nine iron to, like we don't miss that ever but you do if you're worried about missing it you know, so that's really the key is to find a way to be loose. You know, I mean, all that stuff interests me a lot, though. Like, how do you does your body feel different this week than any other tournament? And how do you kind of conquer that? I mean, it's 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 hard to trick yourself when you've got 50,000 fans and you've got all the pageantry of the masters. Like, how do you get to that place where? You can just let it go. It's not easy oh, to do. It isn't easy to do. And look, it's it's very easy to say, and it's very hard to do. Uh, I don't know. You just get try to have fun. You know, it's the same old advice. Just have a good time. Like enjoy yourself. And it's true. Like if you just you have a good time, you generally do it well. You know. And what's the worst that can happen? You know, you you miss the cut, and but you've played the Masters. You know, you'll be back. Like what's 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 the worst that can happen? You know, you make a bogey here, you make a bogey there. You're still playing the Masters. You know, so. It's very hard to do that in reality, but the reward for playing like that is, it's the only way you can play well here. So you've got to find a way, you know, to be comfortable and comfortable around a course that its job and what it's really good at is making you uncomfortable, you know? You played today with Corey Connors, Mike Weir, obviously value in playing with the past champion. What did you learn from them today just by watching or talking? And then what what would you ask, you know, Jeff sitting here with him, a guy who's played it a bunch? You know, um, so playing with, with Mike and, uh, and Corey and Mark, it was 
no surprises in terms of the, the strategy uh, on each hole. Um, I, I think the I think practice rounds is difficult because then you're not you're not really playing to a pin on the green. So um, that that determines on some holes quite a lot of what what you're doing. Um, in terms of around the greens, watching Mike especially, obviously he's been here a lot, so he knows he knows what he's doing. He's won. Um, Watching him, how he plays the shots, um, was interesting. Um, and, and for goes, example, it, like, it, what do you? Do so you it remember? goes back to like what what what, what uh, Jeff said as well. In terms of even the shots around the greens, there's shots you'll never really have a lot apart from this week. I, I assume on tour, obviously I'm, I'm not. I'm not been on tour, but. Um, you know, just the the chip from the back of fifteen back towards the water, for example. Well, Mike was hitting one to to a, a left pin, and he was flying it onto the green. And for me, I'm thinking he's not got a lot of space, and the greens are firm, and he's just he's flying it straight on the green. No, no worries. And the only way you can hit that shot is if you're not bothered about whether you hit it, you, you miss hit it, you hit it in the water. You know that definitely you can can see that. Um, you know. With, with with the longer shots you have, but also around the greens, um, you know I find it interesting actually at the, the short game area today. You don't see a lot of guys practicing shots that, in my mind, you're going to have a lot of, which is a lot of times you are going to be bumping it and then it release onto the green uh, in some situations. But no one didn't see one person hit hit a shot that landed in the fringe and roll onto the green. You know. Um, at the same time, you know, you are going to get those two or three shots, you know, each day where you're just going to have to step up there and and just hit a good golf shot. And I think on a on a normal normal golf course, there might be one or two times when you have to do that. And and to be fair, you could probably get away with not hitting a shot like that if you if you sort of work your way around the golf course well, but. There's literally you know, there's no escaping like you have to play the 15th hole. So, yeah, you, at some stage you're gonna have to get it across that pond. So, you know, you might as well do it with your second shot. Um, uh, like that's, but that's crazy. That's literally, I mean, for me, you know, that's it's not nuanced at all in, in that respect. Like you don't want, you know, just get over the water as soon as possible on 15, because um, you don't want that wedge shot in. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely. You know, I can definitely see that that you've just got to stand up there and hit a golf shot. You know, and not, you know, there's no point worrying about what could happen because if you hit a bad shot, it's going to be punished. So you, you can't worry about doing it. You know, you can't hit a bad shot and get away with it. You know, sometimes. So, um, but in terms of you know the the more nitty gritty of, of stuff that you learn, I think you learn that more from just watching. Um, it's very hard as a rookie to go and ask a good question because you don't know what, what you want to hear. You know what I mean? Um, so you just you just watch and learn and try and absorb as much as possible. But at the same time, I I, I think you've got to make your own mistakes and and but also not you can't rely on on good advice. You know you've got to be able to try and work it out for yourself because under the gun, you know. Am I going to trust what Mike told me three days ago, or, or am I going to trust what I feel like I need to do? And I think you've also got to have some mix of that. I think um, you've got to trust your instincts. So.
I, I love all the golf talk. I'm curious, have you had any like starstruck moments or has there been uh, anything that, that stood out away from the, the preparation? Maybe it's amateur dinner. We hear all about the champions dinner, but not so much about the amateur dinner. Can you take us into that room and, and describe the scene a little bit? Yeah, that was intimidating. Like, I'm not uh, like socially, uh, you know, that was that was a tough one for me. I, I, I thought there was only going to be six people there. And then we walked into the room and there's literally every single well, I felt like every single member of Augusta National in, in the room, and um, I was like, well, I don't know who I'm going to be talking to, but I'll be shuffling somewhere quietly. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that was, that was, you know, really cool. Sergio was there giving the little pep talk to the amateurs, and um, we came out with some stat um, that 25% of amateurs that play in the Masters go on to win it. Uh, and I'm sure that number is decreasing every year as it goes, but um, that was kind of, was kind of cool to hear, you know. Um, once you've been here once, you know, I'd love to come back here and, and play for a bit of money. So, uh, or maybe see if I still think that on Sunday, but, um, you know, I, I can imagine it's it's a lot of fun. So, um do they seat all the amateurs together? Or do they, they mix no. you up throughout the room with some well, I th- I random I members? Safe. You know, I thought, oh, I'll be next to James. So I've, I've played the Georgia Cup against James Pyatt, the US Am champ. I thought, well, I know him, so I'll be fine. I'll just sit next to him. I didn't see him for the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but it was it was cool. You know, you're speaking to, you know, Sergio came up to me, Condoleezza Rice said came up to me, you know, a number of just, you know, massive names and, and cool people you know that you'd never get a chance to meet outside of being here this week so yeah and uh in terms of starstruck i, I wouldn't say uh well i'd say tiger this morning he walked onto the range and i caught sort of caught myself because on the putting green heard some commotion going on turn around and sort of was like, oh is that tiger and i was like like fucking play it cool, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so when he walked past me, I just didn't. I didn't look at him. I just was was, was doing what I was doing. But I can tell you, I was not thinking about the putt I was hitting. I was just thinking the tiger was just behind me. Uh, that's been crazy to see. You know, just the draw the guy has. Um, it's just, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I always say that's one of the reasons uh, that the pro golfers have so much reverence for Augusta National because it's rare for them to be the poorest person in a room. But in that scenario, <laughs> you walk in, there's all these green jackets. You're like, oh, I'm not at the top of the food chain like I thought I was. Uh, what do you think of your your draw for the first two rounds? Perfect. It's almost like someone uh, had asked me who I'd like to play with, to be fair. Um, I played a practice round with, with uh, Bob Mack at the Open. Um, his caddy's good friends with my caddy um, so that's going to be really comfortable so that's that's good um, you know, we overlap for about a year playing amateur stuff um, but you know, it would be good to have a familiar face and then obviously you know uh, Charles is the past winner I mean as I said when I was asked who I wanted to play with I really don't mind you know everyone's pretty good at golf that's playing in the Masters you know and everyone's going to have have uh, everyone's gonna be interesting to watch and learn from um, so you know put me with whoever but it, it, yeah really happy with the group I've got so it'd be a lot of fun part three you said you might play with Shane Lowry and Rory yeah that's been a uh, ESPN has put a stop to that apparently oh so, no uh, yeah so um, I think we're with Bryson now which uh, <laughs> yeah that's uh <laughs> Be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. No, I mean... You definitely learn something there. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, it's funny. My Tom Bailey, he's a he's a big Bryson fan, so maybe try and get him to sign something for him. <laughs> he's a Bryson fanboy. Um, but no, it'd be it'd be fun. I mean, you know, I'm, at the end of the day, he's, he's a guy that plays golf, so we have that in common. So yeah, it'd be fun. So <laughs> might be all you have in common. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, wait, so tell us more about ESPN. Like Nick's the pairings. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, so I, so I when I arrived on Saturday, uh, obviously registered and um, noticed that um, Rory and Shane, who were down on the par three uh, list, had not registered yet. And I thought that was a bit odd, but there was a space next to them, so I thought, well. I'm only going to get this chance once, so I might as well put my name down. Um, but <laughs> apparently, they planned. Well, I don't know. I don't really know the story, but um, a guy from the Masters came over to me on the practice area. I thought I was getting told off for something. <laughs> Thankfully, that wasn't all the case. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they just said um, there's been a mix-up, and uh, we need to change it. So, and I'm not going to put up a fuss about it. So that's <laughs> fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was uh, all good with me. We'll, I think we'll try and play with them tomorrow. They said so. Uh, with Rory and Shane and Rory so in, in the morning practice round, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, if the weather holds up. So, but yeah, that'll be. To be fair, that'll be probably more valuable than, than the par three. Well, my girlfriend was going to carry for me at the par three, and she was upset. Uh, at the change. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Who are your people that you have this week as far as family and friends? So my mum and dad, um, my girlfriend's here, uh, my girlfriend's mum's here. Um, I've got a friend uh, who he carried for me at the Open, he's here. Um, my friend Andrew's caring for me. Um, and then a few family friends. Uh, my stepbrother's been here for a few days, he's probably going to head out tomorrow. Um, yeah, and then just been a few, few people we picked up at the Golf Club of Georgia. They, they came yesterday. You know, people just love it. And, and I, I say the best part about, um, I suppose, in my position in, in qualifying to play the Masters has been able to share it with, with family and people who want to be there and um, giving them an opportunity to come and experience it. I mean, the, the coach I've got with me this week, Alex, he... He's never been, and you know you can just tell people are excited about it, um, and that's you know that's that's been one of the coolest things about being given all these opportunities because um, you know you can't you can't do professional golf or although I'm not a pro yet, but amateur golf, elite golf on your own. Um, so it's fun to have everyone there and um, supporting. So yeah, you sure sound like you're in a great place. Your preparation, your mindset. Your self-belief, your you know your, your your practice rounds that you did in January and here, you know it sounds like you're sure it sounds like to me. You've got a great a great you're in a great place. I mean, is that is that your sense too, Jeff? I mean, is this is he feel, does it look like he's even more prepared than maybe you could have been on your first? I mean, is this it's pretty polished. Yeah, it is saying all the right things. You've done all the right things. Um, you've been here early. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hard one. You don't know how you're going to be, right? I wouldn't sleep on the par three. The par three is really good preparation because all of a sudden, I mean, you are putting on these greens. Now you've got, you've, for the first time, you've got three six-footers that actually, like, there's people watching. Like, it's, prep, it's proper prep, right? It's not like putting on the putting green where it doesn't matter if you miss and no one's watching. I thought the par three for me my first year was really valuable. Mm. 
at like making me realize what it's going to feel like to hit these because the putts out i mean you probably oh, did you go there on your have you been out in the putt yeah. yeah. it's great fun it's i mean they are ringing i mean they are standing two or three meters from where you're landing your eight irons like it's full pressure like it's close <laughs> it's tight out there isn't it? it's super fun but i just feel like you're hitting pitches you're hitting chips you're hitting little breaking six footers and stuff with no pressure really but you'll feel it and there's people there and i just think it's it's a nice little pre-tournament all right this is what it's going to be like you know yeah like i think um but yeah you're doing yeah just you're doing all the right things absolutely i wouldn't have been razzing hammer no chance i would have been this prepared no chance <laughs> it makes me think of that mike tyson quote though everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth so it's like you got you got to know it's it's coming at some point there'll be some adversity so it's just about getting through it yeah i feel like um one thing i've maybe been quite good at is uh pretending i'm okay with everything yeah? <laughs> um you walk around the place you'll see there's so many people around you're a player everyone's looking at you all the time you feel like you're the man and so that kind of you know ego wise you feel like you're on, on top of the world you know um and then you sort of you know maybe carry yourself in a way that exudes confidence um but as you said you know everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth so you know thursdays you know when it really matters it's quite easy to walk around feeling like the nuts when you can just pick up out the trees and toss it in the fairway so um <laughs> yeah you know it, and and you know that's the beauty of sport you just don't know how are you going to handle it and we'll see so. but you have you have a track record we've talked about this before but you have you like the spotlight you like the opportunity you thrive in pressure situations obviously you almost perform your best when you're up against it seems like so you can rely on that a little bit too yeah and that's definitely a, a comfort thing to, to know that um I'm okay with all that, and uh, you know, it usually brings out some of my best stuff. Um, you know, it's funny going from, like, for example, playing the Open, and I played a few European Tour events after that. It was feeling of almost being a bit flat because there was no one following you, no one watching you. Um, so for me, I find that's a positive for an event like this. Like, you're going to have a bit of juice, you know, um, you're going to feel it, and so that's going to be useful. Um, it's useful until until you know you maybe get on a bad run and then you've got to, you've got to stay calm and and stay in this uh, you know not not fake but stay in this sort of persona that you need to try and exude you know I think that's going to be the biggest thing because it's you know you're going to make mistakes um, so how you respond to that is is obviously pretty key um, and you just got. To, got to try and find a way of acting like you're four under even if you're not so yeah is this just just made is this burn is this stir all your fires up jeff just hearing this talking about this being here does this make you want to just like play next i week? just want to play the golf tournament yeah <laughs> um, i'm never not going to want to yeah yeah oh yeah it'd be i mean it'd be nuts to come back and play like it's such a treat to play this tournament like as i said i Every single Sunday I ever left was the most mo motivated I was for the year. I was driving down Magnolia at the end of the week because I'm, um, nah, this is me next year. I'm doing it. However close I got, I was never really that close to contention a few times, you know, wherever I left. It's like, I'm doing it. I'm, nah, I'm doing better next year. I just cannot wait to get back. It's a special week, man. Special.
they just get everything right from a player's perspective. Everything. You know, and it's a treat. It's nice. You know, it's like it's a reward for doing what you do, like hit balls in the rain when you're a kid and practicing until dark and all that. This is, this is what you're doing it for. We were just with Laird in Scotland in St. Andrews. He's practicing at Duke's. They had a snow, snow flurry come through. We meet him on the range. He's putting coins in the rink, can't get balls out of the range. He's picking his own balls off the snow-covered range, hitting in 35-degree weather. And I looked at him, I was like, you know, he's putting in the work for this ticket to go to Augusta Net. And now here he is. I mean, this is, like you say, it's what you do. It's That's what, what we do. It's for. not work, though. That's what yeah. people don't understand. That's the fun part. That's the fun part, you know, I think. Anyway, and anyone who usually makes it, we all pretend like we work. But, like, really... <laughs> We play golf, you know what I mean? Who doesn't want to go do that? And there's parts of it that you don't want to do every day, but, like, it's all just we, we get to play golf, you know, and then you get rewarded with stuff like this at the end of it, you know. It's certainly uh, certainly not work. It's just fun. It's a grind, but it's a fun, It's the fun. That's The grinding's the fun part, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you know, Laird, Laird was nearly out of the game a little over a year and a half, you know, just about a year and a half ago. Was nearly at a point where he couldn't play and now he's playing the Masters. I feel like that's helpful for me in terms of perspective, you know. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be the same, I wouldn't have the same mindset I do sitting here now uh, if I hadn't gone through that, mm. those set of circumstances. So, um, you know, because I was, lo- I, I was looking at life from a perspective of not having golf or a career in golf as the, as the thing. Um, and that's pretty freeing as well. Um, you know, I'd come to terms with it almost. So, you know, it's really hard hard to say how different things affect you. But um, yeah, and as you said about the practice thing, you know, everyone everyone's doing that. You know, in my mind, and I'm just a lucky one that actually gets a reward from it. There's plenty of people who, mm. you know, are uh, you know, paying in advance for hopefully something they get down the line. Some people never get to withdraw. You know. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to, you know, my success has happened at the right time and I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to get mm. the golden ticket sort of thing. Um, so I hope it keeps happening. But <laughs> I, I saw Monty Scousel, the guy you beat in the AM championship, who he doesn't get to go. Mm. You win in the playoff, get to go, and he was wishing you luck. You know, I, I saw a little social exchange where he basically says good luck. I was like, you know, how cool is that? I mean, he, him, that's pure class on his part, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's who he is as a person, you know, yeah. great guy. Um, that sport as well, it's, um, you know, for me, that was the coolest part, probably looking back on it, about the British Am final is that, you know, if you win, you get everything. If you lose, you get nothing. And uh, then, to be able to then perform in that situation is is something that you know we'll always be able to fall back on. Um, so you know to have had the opportunity to go through that. Although I would love to have gone blow him out six and five and not had the stress. It's been much more valuable to have had had the way it happened uh, and and to have learned from it and had the opportunity to hit five foot putts with three majors in the line, you know. When does anyone really get to do that usually? Um, but 
you know as golfers we have short memories so you've got to keep reminding yourself that you can do it so yeah. you can do it hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a good ending spot yeah. I, th- I think you can do it from the Tesco call center to <laughs> Augusta National it's, it's a pretty incredible journey yeah. in a year and a half so yeah. good luck to you Laird well I, I know we're all root for you thanks yeah. very much guys. yeah have a great week and uh, I know we'll be catching up with you throughout the week for the grind episode which uh, which we're excited to share at some point this year but um, yeah nothing but positive thoughts and vibes coming from the fire pit that's for sure yeah thanks for having me on it's been a lot of fun and thanks Jeff for, for sharing a bit of, uh, yeah. of knowledge like it's not often you get to hear you know something like yourself <laughs> share stuff like that and yeah you know whatever you, just the stuff you shared there obviously the main thing with me it's the free swinging but it's uh, yeah just I'll be uh, I'll be keeping that in mind for sure so thank you oh, you'll have a good time It'll be fun thank you Larry that little pep talk about freeing yourself up and playing the game, which we were just saying, you know, would be good advice, not only for Laird, but basically everybody, right? I mean, at some point, everybody's got to free up. Yeah, I mean, if I learned anything playing this tournament, was that was when I, first few years, I played it ultra conservative and kind of did it right, but I was never going to win. You can kind of chip away and make the cut if you like by avoiding damage, but you're never going to do any good. The ones who do good are the ones who just caution to the wind you just got to go you know it's, yeah. gotta, like, it, it's your week or it's not sort of thing and it's more likely to be your week if you're free you know than if you're tight and it's even like some of the guys who've come from behind like the Schwartzels or the guy you know make late runs you know yeah Bubba the first time around yeah when they free themselves up when they almost don't know that they're even in contention and they get in and then they end up winning it's like oh my god I won so because they've freed up and didn't even think that they might have a chance or had to free themselves up to try to go. Yeah, well, that's the skill. Isn't it? I mean, the other tournaments like the US Open and stuff, that forces you to play conservative because you have to. But this one pushes you that conservative direction, but you have to fight that. You have to fight that the whole time because you want to play safe because your whole brain as a professional golfer is to damage control and minimize mistakes and it doesn't work around here. The way to minimize mistakes is to actually embrace the fact that you will make them, so don't worry about them, almost. You said you talked to Roy this morning. Did you get into any of this stuff? A little bit. I just, talk, yeah, I just, yeah, I said, how you feeling, how you playing, and he feel, he seems like he's up and about, and um, I don't have any advice for Roy Rackham. What's he going to listen to me for? But, yeah, I just said be free and be loose and have a good time. You know I mean? Just imagine you're, you're sitting down when you're 50, you've got four of these things. Would you be nervous about the 2022 version? No, you know, just go play, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he knows, he knows. What's it been, eight, nine years that he's been sort of, this has been the career Grand Slam sort of start for him? Um, That's hard to believe. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, since 14. That's amazing. Um, You never would have picked that, Mm -mm. especially at the beginning of his career. This was the one he was going to win right first. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got a game that's just so built for this place. I'm sure he'll get it done. He'll get it done. Final comments on Laird, just as we wrap up sort of episode two here, the fire drill, your your sort of takeaway from listening to him? Yeah, grown-up kid, um, saying all the right things. Interesting, like you said, his, the story is so he's, two years ago, he was never going to play golf at all anymore, you know, and so this is like he's getting a free swing at everything, you know. I mean, what a feeling it's got to be, how liberating it is to all of a sudden have a body that works and 
good things happen straight away and you win the tournament now you're in the masters yeah as i said a year or two after not ever maybe ever playing golf again it's like um he's living the dream at the moment which is nice it's nice for him i remember those sort of weeks it's uh he'll have a good time and he's saying all the right things isn't he like he's he mm. sounds he sounds like he's a pretty mature about the whole thing mm. and keeping it in perspective which is very hard to do when you come here for the first time what do you think i will listen i mean you, you're just getting to know laird obviously we've talked to him a bunch but what's your what's your impression i well super mature uh and polished I wish I could have seen Jeff's thought bubbles a few times, you know, when Laird was talking, because it almost had this sense like, okay, kid, I, you know, you don't really know what's coming. Uh, I like what you're saying, but just wait, you know, there's like, you know, there's sort of a drag on the other side of the drawbridge, you know, waiting for him on Thursday. But, um, you know, he's, uh, we'll, we'll see how his game actually translates, but I mean, it's encouraging. It seems like he's really prepared and he's, 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 in, in, he's ready. He looks good. I mean, uh, I I don't know. It's a it's a big ask for any amateur to come here and play really well, but he seems to be as equipped as anybody could be. I, I was really I was really impressed with, you know, he's grateful and appreciative of the either the advice or the thoughts or the commentary. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he does know that he's going to need to execute. I thought that yeah. was great. a little cockiness that you need. I, I think he, I think like, that was works like, in his favor. Like thanks, Mike Weir. But I'll handle it from here. You know, well, I like that. No, Mike I Weir's mean, not going to be out there to hold his hand. So yeah. like that's probably a good attitude. I don't know. He and and he admits I'm going to make mistakes. And Jeff says, you know, you're going to learn from those, and so I'm going to have to go do that. I mean, that's the deal. Yeah, you got to try to make. You got to let yourself make mistakes. Otherwise, you'll never know, right? Yeah. All right. The fire is out on episode two. <laughs> Put another log on the fire 